0: was another standout weekend for IU basketball. And we might be looking at a pair of top 25 teams in Bloomington now. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up everybody? Welcome into this Monday episode of Locked On Hoosiers as we kick off your week. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. Want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. Also want to give a thank you to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring today's episode. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash, excuse me, just linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Both the men's and women's teams came home with victories. They didn't have to come home. They were in Bloomington earned a pair of victories over the weekend. We're going to talk about both games and look at the polls because the women's team probably going to be a top five team. Men's team might be back in the polls now after... Uh, this win streak they're on. We'll look at both those. Let's talk about this women's game first because it happened on Sunday afternoon. IU caps off a incredible week, really. Started off last Monday with a win in Illinois. The Ohio State game obviously was a big one. They avoided any kind of letdown on Sunday, though it was hairy at times against a Rutgers team that Put up a good fight, but eventually faded. Uh, we mentioned that they only had eight players on their roster, only played eight players. IU wore them down a bit and were just too much for Rutgers to handle. Grace Berger. Um, it's hard to call it a breakout game because she's Grace Berger. Maybe a get right game. She'd been due. She'd been playing well. Um just not shooting well is probably the best way to describe it. She shot well on Sunday. 21 points, season high, 9 of 11 shooting, 3 of 3 from 3. Grace came into this game with four made threes on the season. She made all three of her attempts, and she was looking for three-pointers on Sunday, which is not something she does. There's always just kind of been this notion. I think she said it. I think Terry Morin said it, that like if she's open and needs to shoot threes... She'll do it. She's made her last four. She made one in the Ohio State game, the only one she took. She made three here. I'm not going to extrapolate this to, oh, man, if Grace is knocking down threes now, watch out. There's obviously an element of that, but maybe it was just a one-game thing. Regardless, I will happily take it. She caught fire. I think she made eight straight shots in the middle of this game. She had 21 through three quarters. She let everybody else uh, do the work in the fourth quarter, 21.7 assists, played 37 minutes, was a plus 18. It was an offensive explosion. I mean, IU won ninety-one sixty-eight. for those that didn't see the final. And really, it was four people doing the majority of the scoring. McKinsey a quiet 21 points, which is kind of typifies her game and how consistent she's been. Grace had a very loud 21 points. McKenzie Holmes had a very quiet 21 points. Uh, McKenzie was eight of 11, six rebounds played 30 minutes was team tied for team high best plus 26 to a certain degree. This is what you expect from her. It's still great. Still excellent. But 21 and six is uh, just kind of a normal game for, for McKenzie at this point in the season. She's incredible, and she didn't have to really assert herself the way that she did against Ohio State in the first half. She kind of let things come to her. There's a lot of other people stepping up that, that makes that a lot better because, I mean, you look, Sydney Parrish had 17 points, 5 of 10 shooting, 6 rebounds. She was the other one that was a plus 26. Uh, she did so in 33 minutes. So those those three obviously were the leading scores. They were, they really paved the way for Indiana, but Yarn Garzon apparently is just Steph Curry. Now Uh, She's four of six from three. She had the huge uh, second half against Ohio state from the three point line. So it's wild that in the last week, she just became this lights out sharpshooter. She hasn't just become the sharpshooter. Look, Garzon is shooting fifty point five percent from the three point line I that's hard to even like wrap your head around this is, we're in we're gonna be in February by the next time they play a game I believe and she's shooting fifty percent from the field like this is not a small or excuse me not from the field from the three point line. This is not a small sample size. This is a lot of shots, a lot of attempts. And she is just canning them. Uh, That is after Sunday's game. She is shooting over 50% from three. She had dipped below. She's back to 50.5%. So unbelievable. Uh, She is so damn good. And it's hard to continue to, like, she's the next one up. And I don't want to talk about the next one up for this team because this team right now is great. But Mackenzie Holmes had an interesting comment after the Ohio State game, kind of talking about what's led to Indiana getting to this point and how the torch has been passed from Tyra Bus on and on and on to, to Mackenzie. It certainly looks like Yarden's going to be the one that carries that torch after Mackenzie and Grace leave. She is a stud, an absolute stud. Indiana has a gem in her, and she is going to be – A joy to continue watching this season and next. IU offensively just was way too much to handle. It wasn't a great defensive game. It was really an odd game in a couple of senses. Rutgers shot 45% from the field. Um, They had 10 offensive rebounds, 12 second chance points comparatively. IU only had two offensive rebounds and zero second chance points. Now, part of that is because they... Shot 62.7% from the field. They only missed 19 shots the whole game. So there weren't, like, a lot of opportunities for offensive rebounds. (laughs) There were only 17 times IU shot the ball, and they either didn't get the offensive rebound or, like, they made the shot. Like, so, IU offensively was fantastic. It was just kind of one of those weird games where you can look at a couple different things that stuck out. Those are the exceptions and have been for IU this season. So there's certainly nothing, um, nothing to uh, worry about, I guess is the best way of saying it. So big uh, performance from the whole team as a cap off a big week. Like I said, they're probably going to be a top five team. We're going to talk about that in the third segment, but uh, this is, it was a big win because after the emotional game you play on Thursday, come back on Sunday and take care of business. It was great to see nothing to worry about in that regard with this IU team. They are all business every game. So shout out to them. 20 and one at that's unbelievable. That's among the very best teams in the country, 20 and one. So big shout out to them. Let's look at the men's team. Uh, wow. They are riding high. And so we will talk about what, uh, what led to that big win on, on, on Saturday and what this team looks like. Now, this is a legitimately good basketball team. Again, we'll do all that here in just a moment before we dive into that. Let's talk about our new sponsor FanDuel. uh, this year. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports easy and fun. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I use FanDuel for the men's game. I if Trace had a, like I think two or three more points, he he struggled on Saturday, and I bet on Jalen to grab a couple rebounds, but he was making everything and. Uh, can't really fault him, but I use the same game parlay. Those are a lot of fun. You guys can try those out. The FanDuel sports app, sportsbook app is safe though. And that's what I like most about it. It's secure. It's super easy to use, uh, bet or best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. You can withdraw them as soon as you win them. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. On Super Bowl 57, that's fanduel, FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube wherever you guys get podcasts subscribe to us over at YouTube did not do a live show on Sunday I thought about it but everybody was tweeting about the AFC and NFC conference title games that I it, I figured nobody would really want to tune in everybody wanted to watch football anyway so I skipped on that one we'll be back this week though a couple times to uh, do live shows after games are over so be sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube let's talk IU Ohio State a fun one. Boy, Ohio State basketball, men's and women's, really love to give up like 17 nothing scoring runs to Indiana. Big shout out to them for doing that twice in three days. Uh, I I loved watching that run at the end of the first half. Obviously, the big talking point from this one is Jalen Hood Shafino. His version of the flu game 24 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 6 of 9 from three. I. Ugh. Again, another one of those things not not as drastic as grace, but like if he's gonna shoot like that, he's almost unguardable on on any given night and that's what the case was for Indiana. he was just canning everything i I can't remember how much I can't remember a more fun basketball team to watch right now uh or than i u is right now basically this is whether it's Jalen. Trace, who had 18 points but on 18 shots, still had a double-double. 18-10-6 and six is like a baseline with a couple blocks, and you win by 16 points. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to complain about that. That's still absolutely incredible. It's just Trace has set this crazy high bar for himself. Uh, whether it's one of those guys, Malik Renu, he's back it seems like. Um, whoever it is, it's just kind of this team aspect it's it's a lot of fun to root for IU basketball and it's wild how quickly this has changed because if you look back on our show January 11th or it would have posted on the 12th on your podcast feeds after that Penn State game I said that was rock bottom and either things change now or this is going to spiral badly they changed <laughs> they, they it did not spiral badly it changed in a way that I could not have remotely expected because these are double digit wins that they're coming out with. The Minnesota game was the only one that's not, and that's the easiest opponent they've played in the last five games. So they've turned this around in a way that I don't know that anybody expected. I'm not even sure the team itself expected them to turn it around like this credit to them. They were saying it's a long season patience will get this turned around and they did it. But again, I don't know, four of their last five wins have been by at least 13 points. Even as easy of a schedule, relatively speaking, as it has been. And they've still won two top 30 Ken Palm games and three top 50 Ken Palm games. So, easy is very relative there. But, as even taking that into context, winning that many games by double digits, this is... So this has been a really fun run for IU basketball, if nothing else. Mention Malik, again, 15 points, 8 rebounds. You pair that with what he did in the first half against Minnesota. We we talked about the silliness of not playing him in the second half. But you look at his last three halves, basically. The first half against Minnesota in this game certainly feels like he's back in his comfort zone and playing really well. And IU needed it they didn't have Jordan Geronimo unexpectedly and I I'm not sure how long he's gonna be out stepping into his place was Caleb Banks shout out to him Five points, seven rebounds two of three uh, shooting from the field he was impressive for somebody that out of nowhere just kind of got playing time on Saturday so shout out to him and what he was able to do on the fly. He, he fit right in seamlessly. And that's the best compliment I can give him because I used to been playing at a really high level on both ends of the floor. So a freshman that isn't getting playing time. If you can come in and fit in seamlessly touche. cause you have to stay ready and that's not easy to do. So, so big performance from him trace again. We, I, I mentioned, I'm not, I mean, not that anybody is worried about him, And you shouldn't, I mean, he still had a double-double with 18 points. It it wasn't, he missed a lot of shots he always makes. So, like, one of those nights, it just so happened that night came the same time Jalen hood shafino was going bonkers. So, it didn't really matter all that much. And that's what you hope is the case. The other big takeaway from this is Xavier Johnson was warming up pregame. For those that did not see it, no boot. Nothing like that. I think he was actually in a boot during the game, but there was no boot. He was going through a pregame warm up well before the game. Once the teams came out, he was in street clothes and in a boot and whatnot. But that seems like he might be close, which is again another big positive because there were times during kind of the initial diagnosis where they were saying if he comes back, not when he comes back. So There's still over a month to play just in the regular season. I'm not certain when he's going to be back, but the fact he's out there warming up and going through just drills like that, it's encouraging. And hopefully that means he is very close to rejoining this team because he is, I mean, we all know how great Xavier is and that's just another weapon you can add to this roster I think the other big takeaway to to this game is just how, I mean, this offense is legit. Uh, We we talked a lot about how defense is how Indiana won last season. It's not to say Indiana hasn't been good defensively. If you look at Big Ten games, they're still fifth defensively, but they are third offensively. An interesting thing it seems that Mike Woodson has done is maybe pull back the reins a bit on the aggressiveness. They aren't forcing turnovers at all. They're just forcing missed shots and getting the rebound. And it's a maybe a little bit different of an approach, especially early in the season. You saw how much they were extending the pressure to even half court. You think back to that UNC game, how much they were able to get up in UNC's face basically and really disrupt them. And last year they were, Fifth in the conference in or fourth, excuse me, in forcing opponent turnovers this year. They are 13th second to last. So it's a different approach they've taken, but the, the trade-off is your third best team at forcing missed threes, fourth best defending inside the arc. You're blocking the highest percentage of shots. So, you're pulling back again. You're not trying to be as aggressive to force turnovers. You're forcing missed shots and getting the rebounds. When your offense is playing as it is, though, it, it, I mean they're the third best offense in the Big Ten. They're shooting. They're the best team shooting the three pointer right now in the Big Ten. Look, I. It still doesn't feel like a. It's one of those things where it doesn't feel like a sustainable, like. Trend, but again, we're in. Uh, Febu- we're almost in February, and they're the first. They're first in the Big Ten. They've played ten Big Ten games, and they're first in the Big Ten. They played half their schedule. I don't know that they're gonna finish the best three-point shooting team, but they've been it so far. So kudos to them for addressing the their weakness and improving upon it. So this team is winning with. I mean, really good offense, above-average defense, and Trace Jackson-Davis and Jalen Hood-Shafino just being the stars that IU has needed them to be. They'll be back in action Tuesday against Maryland. We'll preview that game in tomorrow's episode. Let's look at the polls now, because there's a pretty good shot the men's team is going to move up into the top 25. Also, take a look at how high the women's team is going to go. We'll do all that here in just a minute. Let's look at the. Let's start with the women's team because they, like I said, they're going to be ranked. They, it's just a matter of are they going to be top two, top three, top five? I saw a lot of uh, discourse about this after that Ohio State game. I, what I will say now, I don't think anybody is really believing this. South Carolina is so far and away the best team in the country this year. That they could be upset, lose a game, and still probably stay the number one seed. It should, they have such a great. If you want to watch really good basketball, find a South Carolina women's game and you will see. I saw another graphic going around with like points per game talking about the wooden watch list for women's basketball. And I saw people talking about Aaliyah Boston only averaging like 13 points. She's the best player in the country, bar none. And the fact she's only averaging 13 points says more about how good South Carolina is than anything else. And I'm not arguing. McKenzie Holmes deserves to be on that list. And that's why it was going around because she wasn't on it. McKenzie deserves to be on that list. But Aaliyah Boston and South Carolina are number one. After that, I mean, you could make a case that IU is a second best team. They're not going to be number two in the rankings. Uh, they're not going to go ahead. LSU is undefeated. They're not going to go ahead of them. Stanford didn't lose this week. They're 19 and 2. Uh one of those losses is to South Carolina. And the other one was a, a recent upset. But I I use not going to jump all the way up there. UConn is 18 and 2 and on a really long winning streak. You're not going to jump above them at this point. So realistically, maybe they could UConn would be maybe the only team they move ahead of. Other than that, IU's going to move up a spot to number five in both polls. And I mean, it's nothing to scoff at. <laughs> That's still really good to be number five in both polls. We will see. I mean, South Carolina and LSU still have to play. Uh, UConn, Stanford, like, there's still losses that could come about in places, but top five team in the country. I'm not going to complain about that. And I would imagine I use probably going to come in at number five in the poll this week, the men's side. I, I don't really know. Uh, I've, I've been kind of looking at IU as like, I just haven't looked at them as a top 25 team. Cause they went crashing out in like such dramatic fashion. And they fell so far that like, I just never really considered it like, Oh, they're back to being a top 25 team. But Five straight wins, and we mentioned Illinois win, Ohio State win, Michigan State win. Those are all very quality wins. This team deserves to be back in the top 25. and Where it'll be, it's anybody's guess. There's so much movement in the polls, especially when you get towards the bottom. Indiana was 27th last week in the AP poll. They were 26th in the coaches poll. They're going to be ranked. They've only, I mean, obviously they've only won since that poll came out. So how high they jump, uh, I'm not even going to try to put a finger on it. The fact that this team is get is back in the polls, though, is just another testament to how good they, how how resilient they are is a better way of saying it. Mentally resilient. Hats off to them. Ken Palm has him as the 19th best team in the country. That feels about the high highest part or highest ranking I would give them. I I would still imagine it'll be 20 to 25 somewhere around there. It's gonna mean that it's gonna be a ranked matchup against Purdue next weekend. We are officially in Purdue week, so there'll be a game against Maryland if they get through that on the road, which isn't gonna be easy. But you get through that game and you're going into the Purdue game at home on a six-game winning streak with Purdue probably probably, almost certainly being the number one team in the country. So sign me up. I'm all the way there for it. We got a ways to to go before we get there. But, boy, Trace Jackson Davis against the number one team in the country, that could be an all-timer. Let's hope we get through Maryland. And then we'll get to that one, and it'll be exciting. Thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow to preview that Maryland game. Also do a little bit of a bracketology update, as those will be updated after the weekend. Make sure your second listen now is the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All that great stuff helps us out tremendously. Most importantly, though, guys, I want to make sure everybody has a great start to their week. Hopefully, IU winning a couple games this weekend means everybody is off to a great start. I know it always puts me in a better mood. So let's hope that trend continues. We have a couple more games this week. Heading into the Purdue weekend doubleheader for the men's and women's team. We'll see if IU can keep flying high. We'll be here regardless. Again, hope your week starts out well. And as always, Leo.